you know, life is a mess. And the more we try and make it not messy and force toxic positivity and tell people to just, just meditate, just drink water and like, just exercise. It's like, yeah, all that's important, but I know what it's like to be in a place where I'm like, I know I taught meditation classes. I'm a well-being expert. I'm a behavior freaking scientist. I know exactly what I need to do right now. And I cannot do it. I do not have the strength to recruit the energy that I need today. And that is okay. Welcome to Royalty Redefined, where you become the queen or king of your life. If you're ready to thrive as a visionary leader and really step into your power as the creator of your reality, then you are in the right place. I'm your host, Christina Kelly. I'm a coach to seven and eight figure brands and keynote speaker who loves helping ambitious leaders create the impact they were born to create. Now it's your turn. Let's dive in. On today's episode of Royalty Redefined, you are going to be absolutely blown away by the story of celebrity mentor Gianna Biscontini. Not only is she a complete badass and super accomplished in her professional career, she has such a beautiful heart that has really fueled her to continuously create such beautiful things in the world that I know are leaving every single person's lives off for the better. What's so special about this interview is that Gianna truly dared to go deeper. She dared to share some moments of her personal story that you probably wouldn't know by looking at her from the outside. But in doing so, what Gianna has really shown us is the beauty and really openly looking at the areas of your life that have been tougher and then saying, these things are not going to break me. They're going to make me. And I'm going to take these circumstances as an opportunity to set myself free on a whole new level. Gianna Biscontini is a board-certified behavior analyst who challenges women to overcome narratives and fight for their rights to live interesting and authentic lives outside boxes created by society. Her work as a keynote speaker, lifestyle design, and leadership coach and writer has gained national attention in publications such as Forbes and has reached podcast audiences in over 100 countries. Prior to publishing Fuckless, A Guide to Wild Unencumbered Freedom, Biscontini founded the innovative employee well-being agency, WorkWell. Learn more at GiannaBiscontini.com. In today's episode, we were actually talking about her new book, Fuckless, before it came out. But at the time that this podcast episode is being released, the book is already out. I have already purchased it. I am about to receive my copy in the mail. And it's a book that I have no doubt is going to change so many lives, including mine and maybe including yours. But regardless, let's get into the interview. Welcome to the show, Gianna. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to be here. 
Well, I'm super excited to have you here. And I know that every woman listening to this is about to get their minds blown. But before we get into any of the incredible things that you're doing right now, I really want for people to get a better understanding of you and where your story began. And so I would love it if you can really share for us how things started out for you. Sure. Um, gosh, how much time do we have? It's a long story. <laughs> I, I definitely took the circuitous route. Um, in my life, I've been really fortunate to be able to explore in my career, in the world, in my relationships. Um, and, and my story is no different. Um, but to shorten it, I always grew up wanting to study people. Um, I was a natural people watcher. I would always wonder, you know, what makes that person do that? And why would they do this when they could do that instead? And since I was old enough to think, uh, I can just remember, you know, sitting at my window and watching my neighbors or like breaking into my parents' parties and just observing. Um, and so I didn't get great um, mentorship or guidance going into college, but everybody did kind of suggest psychology. Um, and so I ended up going to college for that. I really wanted to study people. Um, after that, I got really interested in the, um, I wanted to be a pediatrician. And so I want to work with children and I also wanted to do behavior. And so I um, ended up interning and working with children with autism. Um, it's just a, such a lovely, interesting, just amazing community and population. Um, and so in order to work with that population, the gold standard is being a board certified behavior analyst. So I, I went to graduate school. I actually started with a mini master's in counseling. Um, it was a certificate in counseling linguistically and diverse, culturally diverse populations. I loved DC and loved the George Washington University so much. I stayed for um, a full master's and begged them to let me create my own kind of clinical program. It was a diversion from their education and human development um, degree. And they were really flexible with me. So I got to get very clinical into the science of behavior. Um, so I was there and then I wanted to move back to California. Um, I had moved to LA a little bit after college. I wanted to move back, but I graduated in 2008, 2009 when the economy was a mess. So I networked my pants off and got a job working under uh, the chancellor of schools at the time, Michelle Ree, and the mayor at the time, Adrian Fenty, they were doing great things, um, in my opinion, for the Central Office of Special Education and education in general. And um, so I ended up working for them. I It was my first leadership role. I was leading a team um, of, of professionals at least 10 years older than me in our evaluations of three to five-year-olds within a district. Uh, one of my favorite jobs of all time, my executive director um, of male and my director of female, best bosses to date I've had. They had such a great way to model, um, model leadership through their own actions. So I did that for about two years. I ended up um, starting a department within that department. Big things move slowly in the government. So it took me a really long time. And pretty much the second it was done, I decided that government life was way too slow for me. Um, and so I handed off the department and uh, swung away from science and education into the opposite direction of the creative world and started my own photography company. So I did that for about a year and a half. And then decided to go back to get that certificate that I needed um, to work at a higher level with children with autism. So I went back, did postgraduate work, got my board certified, um, board certification in behavior analysis, moved to California, 
um, took a leadership position at a healthcare company, did that for a couple of years, and then realized I didn't, I was hitting my ceiling um, and I wanted to work in a different environment since I'm a behavior analyst and we can work anywhere behavior exists. I left the clinical field, um, started teaching neuroscience-based meditation courses, did my own pediatric stuff, started work well, and the rest is kind of history. Um, work well as an employee well-being analytic agency. We had a, we have and still have a cultural analysis for the organizations we work with from a standpoint of well-being, performance, retention, all those important things, especially post-pandemic. Um, and then I started my own coaching company and ended up working with leaders like Simon Sinek, uh, Landon Donovan, Christina Schwarzenegger, who's this amazing documentarian. Um, and then spent last year, 2021 in LA writing Fuckless. So I've, I've bounced around quite a bit and that's the short version. <laughs> I can't believe that is the short version to say the very least you lead a very action-packed life. So I imagine that the life of Gianna Viscontini is very interesting. So I'm excited to really get into more of these details today, but what I really want to pick out now, based on everything that you just said is that it sounds like you've really honored your own evolution as a really multidimensional, multifaceted female leader. Absolutely. Um, and I, to be fair, um, it's not easy. And I tried to do it the other way first. <laughs> I definitely remember the days in my early to mid twenties of just trying to squeeze myself into whatever box I thought was going to get me somewhere. Um, and it's funny, I attended a, um, uh, I went to Stanford University's graduate school of business a couple of years ago and did an executive program in social entrepreneurship. And they had us um, tell a story with six words. And my story was box too small made new box. And that really encompasses um, my career and my life. Um, I, I got very familiar and used to the feeling of being stifled and being suffocated or feeling like I was doing something inauthentic, like I was compromising myself beyond recognition. And after, you know, you have to learn a lesson a couple of times, sometimes the hard way for it to really stick. And so I, I'm very confident that the way I live my life now with more freedom, more authenticity, and less weight and more clarity is, is way healthier and more joyful for me. Absolutely. It sounds like throughout all of this, you know, obviously you've been able to make such an incredible impact with the work that you've done in multiple different industries. It's like just so multifaceted and beautiful, but at the same time, it's such a beautiful message that you just spoke to is that, and you putting yourself in these different circumstances, in these different opportunities for growth, in different industries, moving different places, it sounds like it was also such a beautiful journey within. Yes. Um, and a lesson I learned in the last couple of years is um, I think every moment really holds pain and beauty within it. Right? If we're in this beautiful, easy moment of flow, eventually that moment's gone. You know, we look back to when things are beautiful and easy and it causes us pain. But conversely, in those moments of pain, when it's hard and, and you're frustrated and you're just trying to, you know, find your way in the world and show up as yourself and, and find people who encourage and support and love you because of that, those moments are painful. But when you move through them, 
to the other side, you look back and they're, they're beautiful. Um, and, and it's, you see the worth and the value in that. Mm, Absolutely. What a beautiful multifaceted way to look back on a very multifaceted journey of life, which you still have so many more incredible things to do. I feel like you're just getting started over here, which is very, very exciting. (laughs) (laughs) So there's so many things that you've really been able to do in so many different ways in which you've really gotten the experience as an incredible leader and that have gone on to teach other people about really how to shine in their own leadership roles. Now, you did mention a couple of really notable people at the beginning here who you've been able to work with. And I would love to hear a little bit about what it was really like for you to be in this position where you were mentoring such incredibly powerful people and maybe what a couple of um, key takeaways or, you know, really memorable moments or learning lessons were from that. Sure. Yeah. And um, I don't know what gene I possess, but um, humans don't, I have never met a human that has really uh, like starstruck or intimidated me. Right. Like this is what I love about human behavior we, we give these like arbitrary titles of, you know, fame and, you know, fortune and, and movie stardom. to all these people and at the end of the day, it's so wonderful to meet them and to see, to see their humanity and to understand that we are all human and we are much more the same and different takeaways from, from working with just so many different populations and so many different people who are, are, are known and unknown to the world Um, that's really takeaway number one is that we're all human. And I think that we see people on a pedestal or or idolize people. And I think that, um, you know, none of us really ever know the real story. Um, Social media and entertainment, I mean, it's all a curation, right? I mean, even when I get interviewed on podcasts and in magazines, they want the easy story. They want the after story, right? And now look at you. Yeah. <laughs> um, and they never really talk about how hard it is to get there. And so the the well known people, and they're you know more than the people I've mentioned. Um, everybody has a story. Everybody has, you know, you're only really seeing the tip of the iceberg. Um, and so what's been really interesting for me in working as a coach and with executives and and people from all walks of life is finding those patterns um, and bringing out what makes us human, not what we should be doing, not what the public or our boss or anybody else wants us to do, but to live from the inside out instead of being influenced from the outside in. I think that's a perfect recipe for inauthenticity and and sadness and unhappiness. Um, And so I could say, you know, throughout my work, um, the, the most, I think, rewarding thing that I have been able to witness is the transformation and the evolution that someone can go through when they find out who they are um, now in this moment and why and what they want for and, and carry that and show that to the world without being afraid, you know, without living in fear. That is such a beautiful, well-rounded answer. And I think That is something that more people should hear about, by the way. So I'm so glad that we're having this conversation, but also the, what I'm feeling from you is just so much multidimensionality in every possible way. It's you looking at your life and saying, how can I diversify my own experiences? 
it's you looking at yourself and saying, how can I really embrace all different parts of myself, my different gifts, my different talents, and then how beautiful that you're able to take that lens and then look at other people, no matter what they've done in life and really say, I embrace all the parts of you that make you human. Absolutely. Um, and I, I, I say this often now, um, through the pandemic, when I started my, my officially started my coaching company, I'd been coaching for a long time before that. Um, but it was my sole focus of work throughout the pandemic. I think there was just a lot that was uncovered for people as we had time to sit and think and, and mental health got its, its moment, you know, in the sun, um, and well-being is getting its moment in the sun. And, um, I I'm very privileged to have a job where people will share and, and be open with me. And the two things that I know to be true about humanity is we all want to be able to show up in the world as the fullest, best, truest version of ourselves. And we want to walk into an environment that loves us and accept us and rewards us for that version of ourselves, for that most authentic, true version of ourselves. To me, that's magic, regardless of, of where your status is in life. Um, if you can attain that, if you can create a company, a community, a family, a social circle of people who you can be yourself in front of unapologetically and be at peace and have joy with that and then have them embrace you and accept you and admire and love you for that good, bad, and ugly, uh, all of you. I just think that's, that's absolute magic. That's the picture of well-being to me. Mm, how beautiful. So, you know, again, it's really this theme of really seeing other people as multidimensional, seeing yourself as multidimensional, and then embracing others who also recognize that within you and creating strong community under which we can really honor and respect different parts of ourselves and our own diversity as well. Absolutely. And, you know, I think with, with media and social media and, and all of the curation that the world has become, we get, you know, woman or, or otherwise we get shoved into these boxes and it discounts everything else about the person, yeah. right? From, you know, well, you're someone who shows up in the world wearing this, but you, so that means you can't do that, right? You can't wear a ball gown and ride a skateboard type of deal. Um, but I think that robs us of the opportunity to explore each other and to learn and to ask questions and to be curious, to see all those different attributes and opinions and ideas and thoughts that make up a person instead of taking the obligatory 30 seconds, putting them in a box in your brain and moving on. Um, and so I think you know, that's something that shows up in, in my work quite a bit is to ask really tough, but really insightful questions to draw out. Sometimes people don't even know who they really are because they've never been asked about their thoughts, their feelings, their desires. Um, you know, they don't see their value or self-worth because nobody's taken the time to be curious about them, especially leaders, because they're, they're not supposed to need anything. Right. Um, but, you know, turns out we're all human. We need as much as the next person. Absolutely. I love what you're touching on here. And I think this is so important for really more people to hear about as well, especially with what we're talking about here. It's this, um, I almost want to say like, like merging of the, the really just true knowledge that we are all one, yet we are all also so multidimensional and really coming from that perspective of love and compassion and understanding that 
we have to honor what makes each of us unique. But at the end of the day, a lot of us really are the same, regardless of your walk of life or what you're doing. What a beautiful way to live your life and also to lead. Thank you. Yeah. Well said. Um, <laughs> I, I think that, that, that's a big part of it. Yeah. We, you know, we all, I'm a behavior analyst, right? So we have that behind the scenes curtain of um, why we do what we do and, um, and the underlying principles and, and phenomena that drive human behavior. But it's so much more than that. It's so much more complex. Um, and so, yeah, I, I think connection um, is going to be very important for leaders and for leadership in the future. Something that you mentioned earlier on this podcast here that I want to briefly go back to is you mentioned that, you know, a lot of pe- times when people interview you, they obviously love to talk about the incredible place you're at now, the incredible things that you have done. But you mentioned that you feel like a lot of people don't necessarily always want to talk about the journey. And so what I would love to do right now is break a little bit of that chain. What I would love to do is I would love to hear if there's something that you would really love to share, something maybe about your journey, perhaps it was a certain hardship you went through, how you navigated that, how it made you better, how you felt in that process. And I really want to give you a platform to share more of this with other people. Yeah, of course. Um, and I'll preface this by saying, you know, I think sometimes we make judgments um, on, on how resilient or strong a person is. I recorded a podcast um, interview a couple of weeks ago and the gentleman says, well, you're this powerhouse and this amazing, strong, you know, person and you've got your stuff together. And I just laughed. I was like, no one has their stuff together. Like no one has their stuff together all the time. It doesn't matter if you're, you know, I, yes, I grew up a very resilient, independent, strong individual. And I get taken out by life on a regular basis. I am privy to the same things that we all are. And um, up until 2019, I really successfully navigated a lot of challenges, but it, it really, the last couple of years, and this shows up a lot in Fuckless, I never intended to tell my own story and fuck this. And it was just, I had so much to say um, about, you know, leading my example and talking about my own story that a lot of it ended up in there. But, you know, I went from everything being together and happy to, to getting divorced, to losing my father, to losing my special needs pup, to losing my company for an entire year after I gave my life to it for three years. I ended up in the hospital. My stomach was bleeding internally from stress. Um, I got down to, I'm, I'm a tiny person anyway, but I was probably down to like 89, 90 pounds. I couldn't eat. I would nap on my kitchen floor. I would cry every day. I did, I did not want to, there was a point in my life where I just didn't want to be alive anymore. I did not want to do this anymore. And that's crazy for me to say when I was became very public about that statement, people were like, but you're not, you're not the type of person to say that or feel that way. It's like everyone can get there, right? Everyone um, is human. And so now I very publicly talk about my struggles and um, I learned to sit in my feelings and feel them when the last thing I wanted to do was feel anything. Um, You know, you've got to do the hard thing. You've got to do the thing that feels hard and you've got to, to believe that you can withstand temporary pain. 
um, it now I notice it, it is the only way, right? Um, we can drink too much. We can consume too much. We can become irritable with people in our lives. We can run away and escape. We can avoid, but those, but then you never get, maybe you do escape. Maybe you do escape this uncomfortable situation or person or job and you never have to deal with it, but then you also never get to the next level. You know, I think of life like a video game now, like, all right, I can stay here and be comfortable or I can fight the dragons and move to the next level. And that is my very 1990s child version of, of how I feel about life right now. Um, but, you know, I moved 3000 miles across the country. I bought my house. I did a 20 day road trip um, with my dog and I'm, I'm rebuilding my life. And so I think we can look at times of chaos as an opportunity for a transition or an opportunity to just lie down and not feel. And I've personally done both. If you're here right now, I know that you truly are royalty redefined and deciding right now that it's time for you to step into your power as the queen of your life. And I want to give you a special resource completely for free to really help you do this on a whole integrative level. I am super excited to share with you my inner queen meditation, which is a two minute power meditation to really help you tap into the energy of your inner queen. This meditation is guaranteed to leave you feeling not only more empowered, but more confident and clear in your role as a leader and as the queen of your life. To get access to this meditation completely for free, all you have to do is text the word QUEEN, that's Q-U-E-E-N, to 833-459-3914. Again, that's accessing your free two-minute inner queen meditation by texting the word QUEEN to 833-459-3914. If you need to take a second to pause this episode, text me the word QUEEN to 833-459-3914 right now to make sure that you get this free meditation to tap into your your inner queen. All right, let's get back to the episode. I'm so glad that you took the time to really share this story for several reasons. One, I know that there's people listening to this who probably either have been able to relate to a story like what you've just shared, or maybe they're going through it right now. And that's been a part of their journey. And I think what you've just shared here about being able to sit with your emotions, be with them, learn how to understand yourself, feel everything in the way that you're now working past this is so beautiful. I also too want to say, I'm so sorry that you had to go through all of this. I can't imagine what any of that was like. And unless someone was in your exact shoes, I know we can't possibly know what it was like to go through so much hardship and oh my goodness, so much all at once. It seems like you were hit from every area of life. But also with that being said, you know, I think it's incredible that you're now taking the time to share this, to really show, you know, again, it's like this, ne- this next layer of you, which enables us to see more about other people, right? You've done a lot of incredible things, not to say you haven't faced your own hardship. And so I can only imagine that for anyone listening to this now, people who maybe are in that phase where they are feeling like their life is falling apart. I'm sure that they're now going to be able to listen to this and think to themselves, but you know what, if she got through it, I bet that I can too. It might take a little bit of work, might be messy, but 
that's such a, such a beautiful and also truly inspirational example. Thank you. I appreciate that. And, you know, everything is beauty and pain. Like I said, when, you know, the universe kind of flings open the drunk drawers of your soul and you're seeing all of the messy stuff and you're like, Oh my God, this came from that thing. My professor said 20 years ago, like, shit, how did I go this long without evaluating that? You know, life is a mess. And the more we try and make it not messy and force toxic positivity and tell people to just just meditate, just drink water, like just exercise. It's like, yeah, all that's important, but I know what it's like to be in a place where I'm like, I know I taught meditation classes. I'm a well-being expert. I'm a behavior freaking scientist. I know exactly what I need to do right now. And I cannot do it. I do not have the strength to recruit the energy that I need today. And that is okay. Um, and so everything, there are two sides to everything. And so if you are someone who is in the middle of a completely dumpster fire, like all of us have been on some level in the last couple of years, we're thank God coming out the other side, hopefully. Um, you know, I know it feels like it could be crushing to, to sit in that space, but it's also the opportunity to just roll with it and say, all right, here we are. Like, let's look at the ugly stuff because when you, when that time is over, it's really hard to go back and access those lessons. Um, now I know what it's like when I see someone who's struggling and my first instinct is to go, well, why can't they just, you know, suck it up or move on or get over it. It's like, Oh, remember when you were napping on your kitchen floor and unable to get up and thank God for my dogs, because they were the reason I went outside at all or did anything. Um, Remember what that was like for you? Oh, yeah, I do. I do. I can recruit those memories, right? So from this standpoint, from this perspective, what this is what this person is feeling. Now, how do you want to guide and support that person? And I think that's what, as leaders, that will, that's what we have to do, right? Now, like, I'm at the top. Like, come up here with me and just do this. It's like, no, I have done my own work and experienced enough to know what your perspective is and what your place is that you're in right now. I'm going to come down to you and I'm just going to sit there and, and be there and, and provide support from that space. What a beautifully compassionate way to lead is to be able to really be able to take your own experiences, take your own hardships, process them for yourself. And then once you're able to sit with that, to better understand that, then to be able to work and talk with other people who, when they're having their own hardships, whether it's exactly something that you went through or not, when you're able to better understand your own hardships, you're able to come at others with this lens of such great compassion because you've learned how to do that for yourself. And I think it's so beautiful that that's been a part of your journey I know that there's other leaders listening to this who are now probably, you know, wondering or maybe craving a little more detail around, okay, if I'm going through the really crazy, really hard time right now, you know, you said, sit with yourself and process it for you. Was this therapy for you? Was this journaling? Was it, um, you know, I would love just to hear a little bit more of what it was like for you and truly how you processed experiences like this. Yeah, it's, um, it's, it's a complex process. And, and my book came out of that. It was born of this whole process. And I went back and made it reader friendly and, and, and tried to make it better. So it was a, a tool. Um, for me, the first thing was to understand my avoidant behavior. I've never been an avoid, I've never seen myself as an avoidant person. 
But I realized that when I started to feel uncomfortable, I would throw myself into work. Um, and I called it a good thing until I realized like there are things that I'm avoiding. And so I think first we need to understand um, we need to get quiet to pause, which is hard. that takes people months sometimes that step. I don't want to discount the difficulty it takes, <clears throat> excuse me, to number one, set aside some time, right? Cause it's so easy to go. Well, I don't, I'll do that later. It's like, mm, no, you won't. Because as long as it's a movable thing on your calendar, you'll continue to move it. And so it's creating that space to sit. Um, I always have a notebook, a, a pad and pen with me because, you know, things happen in your brain and you won't remember everything. Um, and so identifying space and creating that space for me to sit and say, okay, I'm going to think about the uncomfortable things. Step one. Step two, where did this come from? Where did this belief that I have to be A, B, and C, or, or life has to go A, B, and C way, where did that come from? No two-year-old is born being like, well, I got to be a millionaire by the time I'm 45. Like, no, or like, I got to be skinny. Like, no two-year-old. So true. <laughs> yeah. You're like, I, I still go in my diaper. I eat whatever I want. Like, I don't give a shit. And so everything that we learn, we learn all of this. And so it comes from somewhere. And so sitting and saying, okay, I understand the parts or the thoughts or the beliefs that are uncomfortable. Number two, where did those things come from? That's also really scary because most of the time, those beliefs and stories and pictures of success or beauty or whatever come from someone who cares about us. And I had so many oh shit moments where I was like, my mom made me believe that was true. My dad made me believe that was true. And it wasn't because they were trying to derail my life. It was because that's the story that they were handed. And we get in this automaticity where we just kind of like assembly line hand off, like this is success. This is beauty. This is intelligence. This is kind, like this is, this is nice. Right. And if we don't stop to question it, there gets to be that, that many oh shit moments and it, it just feels uncomfortable unless we take this time to explore it. We never understand it. And so um, I think it took me a while to get over the fact that people who are very well-intended and who love me very much handed me stories about what my life should be and who I should be that just weren't true for me. Mm. And it's not a bad thing. It, it just is right. Then you have to realize like, well, I, I followed that for so long, right? <laughs> it's like, this is, I allowed my behavior to follow. And then I, you know, you get to that point where you're like, okay, I've been through that process. I have a good idea of what I need to change, you know, and then you go do it. Um, you go do it mindfully and thoughtfully. Um, and, and that's, that's the process. And it has taken me years, um, but it's been so rewarding. Um, and that's why I wanted to create like a tangible item to help people organize and move through that space. Um, and so, yeah, I'm, I'm in the midst of all of this. I was depressed. I was anxious. I, life was not good to me. I remember sitting there and thinking, why am I so grateful? <laughs> I have, you know, I, I had reasons to be grateful. I had my home. Um, I, I had financial independence at that time, at least, you know, for the foreseeable future, I could afford this time, um, and this work. And I had things to be grateful for, even though it didn't feel like it, but I had such an overwhelming sense of gratitude because while so much was taken from me, the people and the attributes about myself that remained were something that 
was were so it's so central to who I am and now I'm so protective mm-hmm. over who I am and my own happiness. Wow. I feel like I shouldn't even say anything. Like we just need to sit with that for a second <laughs> because that is so powerful. A couple of things I want to pick out of what you just said here. And one of those things is that it's almost like this energy of I lost everything and gained all the things I didn't know I would be so thankful for. And it sounds like with that came a new joy, new appreciation. But what I'm also feeling from you is almost a new level of depth. Absolutely. Again, it's those levels, right? Um, and whether you're going up or going down, whatever direction, you know, you're, you're creating depth, you're creating this. Um, it is that depth. And I, because, you know, I, I lost my father and I, there was more loss of life um, in my life throughout this time period. But, you know, I got a very close view watching my father over the last couple of years of his life. Um, and, and my father was 85, you know, when he passed, he had a nice long life. He's a lot older than a lot of my friends' dads. And so I, I had this, I saw the world through his eyes. Um, and he gave me so much great advice. And I, this is, people say it all the time. So it's true. Life is too damn short to give a fuck about what everybody else wants for you or what they think. Um, be a good person, live a good life and define that for yourself. Right. And, and go do that because it's a lot easier to talk about what we're going to do or what we want to do. Right. And not actually do it. And we kind of circle the drain for a really long time. And then we get frustrated with ourselves. Like, why can't I just make this happen? Right. You got to go through the process. There's no, you got to go through, you can't go around. Mm, So, so powerful. And it sounds like too, you know, obviously you've had this incredible journey again. I'm so sorry for your loss. I can't imagine the hardship. And yeah, out of that, you gained so much depth. And what I'm sensing from you is really like, it's like this queen energy. It's like, I am the queen of my life. Like, and that sounds like a little cheesy and weird when you say it out loud. Like the first time I thought that thought, I was like, that sounds weird. (laughs) But but hopefully you're like, this is resonating with people. But something I also want to highlight too, for anyone listening to this is that you had a lot of hardship and then you worked through it. You've you felt the pain, which is that in itself is a courageous act that no one sees. Mm -hmm. And then after that, you really just decided that you were going to gain new depth. You were going to gain new, you know, gratitude, let that come in. And for anyone listening to this, who's also going through a really difficult time, whatever that looks like for you, I hope that you're listening to this and knowing that there are so many tools available to us. We're going to talk right now about Gianna's book, which hopefully you're going to take the chance to read. I know that I certainly will be. And I hope that you can really just hear this message and feel so empowered by Gianna's story. You know, whether you are in a great period of grief or pain or whatever it is or not, you can take out of this that you can be what you want to be. You can rise up as the quote unquote, you know, queen of your life. You can um, develop joy and gratitude during pains of hardship after you've worked through that. And I really hope that every person listening to this truly is walking away with a new token of hope inside of their hearts today. I hope so too. It's, it's all there for us. Absolutely. So I want to now dive into a little bit more about your book and we've kind of been dropping some hints about it over the course of this podcast episode. You know, it came out of this 
incredible story. It sounds like this book was the light for you in a time of darkness that is now going to shine so much light into the lives of so many other people. And I really want for you to tell us a little bit more about exactly who this book is for, what they can be really excited to gain from it. And um, I mean, I know you can't tell us too much, but maybe give us like a little behind the scenes, like one or two to line, little teaser sneak peek into your favorite parts of the book that you know are just really going to change the lives of those that read it. Of course. Yeah. Happy to share. Um, The book, it's funny. um, The book is theoretically for anybody. Um, It's, it's, I wrote it in service of women. Um, I wrote it from my own perspective and conducted interviews and it's, it's information from research, from my own observations, from my own life and from interviews um, from, from people I interviewed for the book. But over the last two and a half years, I've been talking about the book here and there. And I discussed the book with men. Um, and I interview men for the book because this is a human issue. Um, when I started to talk about the book, you know, for, oh, it's for women. And we've got these gendered narratives that we're given, you know, be small and be soft and be dependent and be fixed. And the men were like, well, well, so do we, you know, I want to, I want to cry and, you know, wear pink and, you know, they came up with their own um, frustrations. And so theoretically this book is for anyone who wants to live from the inside out more authentically, which I can argue to some degree is all of us. We live in a world that likes to box and to punish and to say, no, don't do this, do that. Right. Mm -hmm. And we're, we feel to some extent throughout our lives pressure um, and uh, maybe a bit of societal coercion or that, that thought we were like, well, I don't believe that anymore, but you don't know what to do about it. Right. There are so many books out there that are like, here's, you know, all the stuff that's out there that's unfair. And you're like, yeah, but what do I do about it? Like, what's the how, right. I'm a how person. I want to help people, go through that process I just talked about and, and evaluate. And so that's why I'm happy to share anything about the book because the book is the tool, right? Um, I wanted to create that, that tangible item. And so the book is theoretically for anyone, what they can, what readers can expect to get from the book is really what they put in, right? I make the point of the book where I say, look, if I, I make a point, I say, if that scares you, if that feels within you, you're like, I don't know. I don't want to do that. Put the book down right? Not a great time to run into a burning building of your soul. Um, and that's fine. Now, you know, you're going to pick it up later, or you've got some work to do, or like, we're going to pull that thread on that thing that I said that made you uncomfortable or was triggering sit with it. Right. This isn't like, we're going to read through all the book in three hours. And then like, we're not going to care about anything. And like, we're going to fix gender equality in three hours. It's not that it's a process of how you become a conduit for change in your own life. Um, and that is, that takes us our whole lives. Right. Um, and that's the fun part is exploring and learning about ourselves and changing little bit by little bit every day. And so there are those 10 beliefs, the 10 fucks, um, in the book. And some of them might be true for you. I also make the point, this isn't about judgment. If you are a woman who says, I believe that my version of female is to be small and to be silent and to have eight babies and to serve my husband, Great. If that makes you happy and is fulfilling and it gives you that feeling of like clarity, peace, and joy, this is my purpose. Fantastic. But there are some pieces of the book where it asks you to challenge some beliefs and go, yeah, I used to believe that. And it was true for me. 
And now it's not. Or you know what? That was never true for me. And that's the thing that I've been unable to tackle. Um, and so it allows you to kind of piecemeal through those things. Um, and I started the book, you know, to give people that liberation. I, I sat down it started as a journal entry. I was woke up October 1st, 2019, and I was pissed. And I sat down and I flipped open my laptop and I wrote the first five pages of the book and I had no idea what I was doing. I thought I was journaling and I had all these thoughts in my head and this rant and I wanted to get it out faster than my hand would allow to write it in my journal. And I wrote the first five pages and they were good. I'm academic. I'm not supposed to like anything I do. I'm very critical, right? It could always be better. And I was like, that's good. I like this. Um, and I just made it raw and edgy and funny and, and, and serious and all the things. Um, and so what people can expect to get from it is fucklessness, right? That's, I, I got asked to change the title so many times and I was like, but that's the feeling. Mm-hmm. That's the product. That's the result of reading the book. And every time I feel that feeling, I'm like, okay, what's another word for this? And I'm like, fuckless. I, there's nothing else. There's no other words coming to my mind. This is the feeling. So hopefully that's what readers get to some extent. I love that you stuck with the title that feels good to you, especially because your whole mission is really just the authentic expression of yourself and honoring the authentic expression of other people shining in their own light and doing whatever they feel like that looks like to them. I'm already so intrigued by reading this book. So at the time of this recording, the book has not been released. I'm already on the email list. So I can be one of the first people to get a copy. Um, But now you guys, I mean, I feel like even if I was just painting at those first five pages, what are in those first five pages? I am now so curious. And you're telling me this book is edgy and it's funny and it's serious. I feel like this is one of those books that's just going to rock the world. So if you're listening to this in the link to our show notes, we are going to have a link where you can go ahead and get this book. Make sure that you have it in your room, whether you feel called to read it now or whether you're thinking to yourself, you know what? Sometimes life happens and I want to make sure I have a tool with me. Just get the book either way. I feel like this is going to be one of those things that you, Gianna, look back on and are so proud of. And I mean, of course you already have to be already, but I can only imagine, you know, the testimonials that you're going to get from the women and men who are reading this. And I know that some of our listeners are going to be some of those people. So you guys take a break right now, go to the show notes, look at that link. Um, Gianna, even if you already have the link, if you want to just say it out loud for anybody listening, so they can really make sure they know where to find this. Depending on, so the book is going to be available for purchase. I now have the launch date, May 17th, which is so exciting. So depending on when this is published, you can go to my website right now and sign up just like you did. A little pop-up will come up and say, hey, I will make it super easy and email you the link to purchase when it's available. Um, If it's after that, it'll be available on Amazon, Target, Barnes & Noble. I mean, anywhere you can buy books. You can just Google it and you'll find a link to it. Amazing. Well, to finish up, I just have two more quick questions for you, Gianna. The first one is, what does leading with love mean to you? Leading with love to me means loving yourself first. Mm-hmm. Um, we talk about that in relationships all the time of if you do not have self-worth and self-value, you will choose partners who um, just in the end aren't right for you, who don't get you, who don't encourage you. And I think when we're leaders, um, we have to love ourselves enough to create space for our own growth, um, create space for our own experiences, 
scary, happy, peaceful, joyful. Um, to me, as a person in leadership, I feel like I'm at this like buffet in life. And I just want to take all the experiences because good, bad, or ugly, I can use it to serve someone else. Um, and so leading with love to me is definitely self-love first. Um, and I learned this from taking care of my special needs dog for a long time is um, our jobs to lead with love and to be leaders is to love and appreciate, not to fix um, and to, to lead with compassion. That's so beautiful and so well-spoken as well from someone who obviously has a lot of experience being a leader of others, but also of learning how to be the leader of yourself. My final question for you here today is, is there anything else that you would really love to share with the people who are listening to this podcast? Maybe a final word of wisdom or even just a final piece about you that you wish that more people knew? Um, yeah, I'm an open book. I love to communicate with people and connect. So I am here for, for anybody. I mean, there's a reason there is no light between my work and my life and that's by design. Um, this is my life's work. This is what I love doing is, is communicating, connecting, having impact, building trust, building relationships and supporting people throughout those journeys. You know, there's, there's really only so much we can do on our own. Um, and whether it's me or another coach or a therapist or someone, I would encourage you to, um, to create a life of connection and meaningful relationships. It's not only the number one predictor of our well-being um, over the course of our lives, but it, it adds color. You know, those relationships and, and meaning and depth, as you said, you know, we talked about a lot of depth, um, those relationships, cultivating a, a tribe and a group of people who who embrace you and in which you feel like you belong and who um, are able to support you and guide you from where you are, not where they want you to go or they want you to be. Um, I think that's magic. So beautifully said. And what a beautiful way to tie up the end to this podcast episode where we are really um, talking about, I feel like there've been three main themes, the oneness of humanity, the beauty and diversity of humanity, in the depth of humanity, which often is not fully touched upon or even dared to be discovered. So this has been a super powerful interview for anyone listening to this. If you want to like go back and listen to it again, I know I definitely will go ahead and do that. Most importantly of all, please go check out Gianna's book. I have no doubt it's going to rock your world. And if this podcast episode even just intrigued you a little bit, then that book is going to be for you. I can just feel it in my bones. So thank you so much for being a part of our guest interview series, Gianna. It has been such an absolute joy and also honor to have you on the show with us today. Thank you to our listeners who have been tuning in. I am so thankful and so happy to have you on this journey with me. What a gift that you're able to give to others and to yourself to learn more about how to lead with love. Have an amazing day, everyone.